Welcome to the Progressive Property Podcast, helping you invest in property for freedom, choice, and profit. You'll learn new, innovative, and multiple streams of property income, whether you want to start, scale, or systemize, and even if you don't have deposits. Hi, Kevin McDonald here, and welcome to the Progressive Property Podcast. And on this week's episode of the podcast, I want to share with you something a little bit different. What I'd like to talk to you about is the 10 worst tenants that I've ever had. Are 10 stories around the worst tenants I've ever had, because in one of the examples, there was more than one tenant involved. So let's get straight into it. Number one, we had a tenant who held a party in a property in a house of multiple occupation. And at that party, one of the guests got so drunk that they collapsed completely and they needed to call the ambulance. So the house is full of people, ambulance arrives, nobody lets them in, even though they rang them. So what does the ambulance have to do? Because there's somebody unresponsive within the property, they smashed in the back door broke in the back door to get access to the property that was full of people waiting for them to arrive. Who pays for the back door? Well, the tenants meant to, did they? Not exactly. So that was one of the worst tenants I've ever had. Had to go and pay for a back door. The damage wasn't too much. It didn't need a replacement door. It just needed repairing. But still, um, house full of people, back door smashed in. Number two, it's a little bit funnier. I actually got a picture sent through to me from a tenant complaining about one of the other housemates. And the complaint, wait for it, was that their housemate was cooking naked in the kitchen. Now, when they said cooking naked in the kitchen, they were literally wearing a pair of Y-fronts that were what you could say faded. If I ever meet any of you at an event, ask me about this. I still have the video. Not that I'm keeping it to watch. I'm just keeping it from memory because it is hilarious and it's definitely worth you having a look at. They sent me proof to my phone of this tenant standing in the kitchen cooking their breakfast wearing absolutely nothing but a pair of stained Y-fronts. It is hilarious. Number three. I'm going to put it in number three because it involved three tenants. So three tenants of one of our houses of multiple occupation decided that they were going to hold a house party. Now, holding a house party is one thing they shouldn't be doing. But what they also did was not just hold a house party, but they decided that they would hire between them a lady of the night. So this person shows up to the property to um, provide her service, let's say. And the tenants, when she arrived, told her that they did not want her to provide that service anymore as they felt that she wasn't of sufficient um, standard to do the service. And she was made to leave the property, having travelled there to earn her keep. So she left the property with her minder and about 15 minutes later she came back and smashed one of the windows of our property, threw a stone through the window to smash the window. I don't even know why I'm laughing, because here's the thing, I had to pay for the window, couldn't prove which tenant it was, all of them said it was somebody else that made the phone call, so we just repaired the window and moved on. Now maybe you would countercharge your tenant for that you could but then was it which of which tenant do you charge do you charge a little bit to each of them would they then leave 
overall there were good tenants so we decided that we just would pass take the take the hit replace the window and let the tenants continue to stay as we were still making good money from the property number four is a regular one regular one that you get from houses of multiple occupation so things like somebody stole my milk i can't find my shoes uh, various things going missing in a property somebody keeps eating my cheese and we get calls like this from tenants regularly. And this is one of the reasons why I like to pass all of the property management on to my staff. I've set up a letting agency specifically to manage the tenants because I don't really want to be taking these types of phone calls. It's part of life, but it's not something you need to necessarily deal with yourself. I'm not making landlord stuff sound great here. I'm not making property investing sound great here. People thinking, oh my God, seriously? Right? You've had an ambulance break a back door in. You've had three people holding a party and getting a window smashed because of it. You've had tenants sending you pictures of other tenants naked. You've had loads of issues with people sending you pictures about and, and complaints about milk being stolen and various things going missing in the property. Why would anybody want to be an investor? The reason for sharing this today is because it's all part of the journey. Right now, somewhere in the world, somebody is nicking something out of a Tesco. It doesn't mean you shouldn't set up a Tesco. What it means is that it is a cost of business. It's part of the process. And looking back, it's actually quite funny. Now, I'm sharing 10, 10 different examples of tenants we've had that have um, either done something funny or have been um, an issue to our business. But that's 10 tenants out of probably well over 12, 1300 tenants over the last seven, eight years across our single lets and our houses of multiple occupation. It is a small percentage of tenants. Now in property and business, what happens is you can get a bad tenant on your first tenant or you could get a bad tenant on your hundredth tenant. But the reality is when you scale your business, one is going to sneak through at some point. And when you've had over 12, 1300 tenants, get, you're going to get about 10, 15, 20 bad tenants over that period of time. But not every bad tenant necessarily means they don't pay you. Quite often, it's other things that happen while they live there. So let's quickly move on to number five. Number five is a generic. It's becoming a social worker. As a landlord, we've had, and, and I consider myself an investor rather than a landlord, but as landlords or as investors, you do become a social worker in many situations. Breaking up arguments between couples, being the middle person where one, one um, member of a couple or one member of a house of multiple occupation, if it's a shared house, is talking about other people within that property and issues they've got with other people within the property or problems they've got with their job, problems they've got with their loved ones, their kids, um, their car, their work, what various, various different stuff. Over the years, I've considered myself not just an investor, not just a landlord, but a social worker dealing with tenant problems. My staff are trained now to, re to really care about tenants, to care about the tenant problems because it is part of the business. Number six, I've got this one tenant that's been with me for over seven years. Now she's on universal credit. She's a single mum. She's got three kids and she's a good tenant. She looks after the property. She, she's a, she's, her rent's paid in full every month. Really, really good tenant. However, with, when I say her rent is paid in full every month, she makes every single month somewhere between 10 and 30 payments towards her rent she's even paid more than once on the same day now to put this in context 
Her rent is £475 a month. How can she make 10 to 30 payments a month? She would literally go to the bank and pay £2.59. And an hour later, you'll get another notification from your bank account, online banking, that she's paid 29p. She makes random payments consistently through the month. Then we have to message her at the end of the month, letting her know how much she has paid. And then she'll make up the difference. Or she, and the same process will happen over and over and over again every single month. It's very strange, but so long as the rent is paid, it's a little bit extra admin working out the £2.59s and the 29Ps. But we're providing somebody a home. She's a single mum. She's got three kids. She looks after the property and the rent arrives. And I personally don't mind how it arrives so long as it arrives. It's much worse if she didn't pay at all than if she pays 10 to 30 times in a 29, 30, 31 day period. Number seven, this one is one you want to be aware of because a tenant is not your friend. A tenant is a tenant. So I had a tenant once ask me if I could be a guarantor for them because they were taking out a loan to buy a car. Asking their landlord to be a guarantor. So obviously I said no. I cannot be a guarantor for you. Never, ever, ever be a guarantor for somebody else unless it's a family member, in my personal opinion, because you never know what might happen. Anyway, this tenant, they thought that I was a friend or they were trying it on. They wanted me to be a guarantor for them so to get this loan. And within a month, they had left the country. So it had I signed that document, had I become a guarantor, had I felt sorry for their sob story, they would have left the country and left me having to pay that debt back because they were not going to make the payments. So be careful out there. And number eight's on a similar thread. So number eight, we, ha- we get a lot of tenants, especially in houses of multiple occupation where you've got foreign tenants. Lots of them, when they plan to leave the country, what they do is they go downtown to the mobile phone shops and they'll take out brand new phones, iPhones, brand new Windows phones, they'll take them out in Carphone Warehouse, in O2, in all of the different phone shops. They'll take these phones out on credit and then they will leave the country the next day or a couple of days later or within a couple of weeks. And then the letters start coming, the phones aren't paid for and then the bailiffs arrive. So it's really important to have clear records of who the tenants were, when they moved out, their IDs, so that when the bailiffs arrive looking for their money for their mobile phones, then that you can show that that tenant left when they left and that it's not your responsibility. Number nine is moving on to another funny one. So we had a tenant in a HMO room that gave their notice to leave. Now, they, let's say they're given the notice to leave on the Tuesday. They, we were arranged to meet them on the Tuesday to do the checkout, but they left on the Monday, 24 hours earlier. So when we show up for the checkout, they're not just, not just is the tenant not there, but they have cleared out the room. I mean, they took everything. So they took the furniture, they took the beds, the wardrobe, the chest of drawers, they cleared out the bedroom. I ring the tenant up and we say, where is our furniture? And they literally replied saying, I, oh, I didn't think that you would want me to leave it because I had slept in the bed, I'd slept on the mattress, I had used the furniture. It's second hand now. I presumed you wouldn't want it for your next tenant, so I took it with me. So I explained, 
That's what we do. We provide a fully furnished room. We would expect our furniture to be left in the bedroom. Can you please return the furniture? To which point he got a little bit angry on the phone about how I would even consider wanting him to return the furniture and offered me £25 for all the furniture. It was swiftly returned. And finally, a really interesting one. This is a property we went to and I walked into the property after the tenant had vacated the house. This was a single let property about six years ago. The tenant vacated the property without giving any notice whatsoever. We went to the property to have a look and I walked in and part of the kitchen seemed to be missing. So you've got the kitchen cupboards, you've got the worktop. And then if you can picture a piece of worktop that goes over where the washing machine would be, where the dryer and washing machine would be. That section of worktop was cut off. It was gone. I was thinking, why, why would they cut the worktop off? Where is my kitchen worktop? So anyway, we're walking around the property. We go up into one of the bedrooms and they have literally got the kitchen worktop. They've got a piece of rope and they've drilled two holes up into the ceiling and they've hung a rope on some bar from the ceiling through the kitchen worktop and they were using it as a wardrobe. They were hanging clothes off the bottom of the of the worktop and leaving clothes on top of the top of the worktop in the bedroom. They had made up a makeshift wardrobe with my kitchen worktop. Had they rang me, I'd have given them a, work, a, a wardrobe for free. I'd have provided them one, but they cut the kitchen worktop to make up a handmade one. It is crazy what some tenants will do. So there are my 10 crazy tenants, worst tenants, or funny experiences of dealing with tenants. Hopefully, number one, that give you a little bit of a laugh today. Number two is something to make you be aware of and check out and make sure your contracts are clear in terms of if there's damage, who pays for it. And that also not to worry. Not This is part of property. We will always have bad tenants at some point in your property journey. You can put the right systems in place to reduce the likelihood. But what is really important is that you scale your business up. If you've got one property with a bad tenant, you are paying for that bad tenant out of earned income from your job. But if you've got 10, 15, 20, 25, 30 properties plus and you get a bad tenant, the other tenants are paying for that tenant that means it's a lot less of a problem. It's a much smaller problem. Just like when somebody nicks something out of Tesco's. It can peeve you, but it doesn't destroy your business. You've been listening to the Progressive Property Podcast. Remember, we're out every single Tuesday. We're on iTunes and Stitcher. We also do a bonus episode of every single week. Now it's property news from around the UK and within the Progressive Property Facebook community. So make sure you're listening out for that as well. Make sure you subscribe to the Progressive Property Facebook community. So go over to Facebook, type in Progressive Property Community and hit join. There's over 35,000 active property investors in that group now. Also, YouTube. We're doing weekly content on YouTube that can help you on your property journey. So make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. So you've been listening to the Progressive Property Podcast. I've been Kevin McDonnell. You've been amazing. See you next week.